Hello, I'm Mish Seabrook. I'm a psychotherapist with a specialist interest in supervision for those that help others in their professional role so that they remain resilient. In this podcast, I invite a variety of people to reflect on their personal journey with resilience and they share their top tips for maintaining their resiliency so it gives us a chance to learn from their experience. So grab a cuppa and let's go. Hello there listeners. Lovely that you've come back for another listen and this one is a real cracker of an episode. In this episode, I speak to Alice Lyons. And Alice is a mental health and well-being speaker, coach, writer, podcaster and facilitator. She's the founder and director of Dark Coffee, a Manchester-based company that helps SMEs create unfiltered mental health cultures to help their teams feel supported and confident enough to bring their full selves to work. Alice has experienced poor mental health herself, including burnout, depression and suicidal thoughts throughout her 20s. And Alice knows the importance of building strong mental health in your career. And to her career, she brings her characteristic blend of humour and candour to all her services to make her work as enjoyable as it is impactful. And I can say hand on heart that Alice also brought her characteristic blend of humour and candour to this podcast. So just letting you all know, as a trigger warning, we do talk about Alice's experience of suicidal thoughts. Uh, It's around uh, the 12 to 16 minute mark of the discussion with Alice. So please look after yourselves if you're going to listen. And also, Alice and I talk very frankly and the odd swear pops out. So hopefully that won't put you off or offend you. But again, you need to make your own decision about whether you're happy to listen to that. As an aside, I just wanted to say how much it was was a privilege to talk to Alice. We could have talked for far longer time than we had. And I've known Alice through her mental health meetups that she's put online for mental health practitioners and businesses to connect. And I've really admired her way of approaching mental health with no nonsense. So hopefully you will enjoy this one as much as I did. So... Sit back, grab a brew, and okay, let's go. Here we are, me and you, the lovely Alice Lyons. <laughs> Here we are going to talk about all things resilience, and obviously we've had a bit of conversation already about things, and we've already gone off on tangents, which is... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I blame myself. Um, so I'm going to start with a question I ask everyone so it's a very basic question but there's probably a lot of meaning behind it is how are you and I mean that in how are you really how are you doing tell me about your corner of the world and how you are 
Oh, that's a nice way of phrasing it. How's your corner of the world? Like I'm sitting here in the corner of my bedroom in Manchester. Um, that's a, a very loaded gun of a question, isn't Indeed. it? I feel today, if I drop the pin in where I am right now, I feel really good, really energized. Um, I've had a couple of extremely exciting and just interesting conversations with people today. Friday is normally my um, kind of self day I have an admin day at the beginning of the week so I tend not to take calls on a Monday and then I kind of balance that with a Friday like oh shit catch up day so I tend not to have calls (laughs) and stuff so today's been quite refreshing in that I've had oh some I've had four calls now today which is very unusual yeah but that just shows like I've had some really busy weeks recently and the only way I can get things Mm -hmm. to fit is expanding into Friday but rather than resisting that and being a bit like oh I resent all these people now it's it's been very um it's been very curated the number of people I've said yes to and how oh. I've pieced together my Friday calls so I've really enjoyed every conversation today so I'm feeling really energized great kind of dreading my to-do list because the the list is still there in the background I'm like so your admin day next week is yeah. going to go through the roof well some of these things are time sensitive so I actually need to do a lot of them today <laughs> so it's going to be a very busy Friday afternoon yeah uh, followed by a very alcoholic Saturday <laughs> probably just like oh, what was that um uh, I'm just joking. We do, we don't use alcohol as a coping mechanism, of do we? Not. Obviously. <laughs> but no, I'm very excited for all the stuff I've got on is really exciting. It's just I I don't consider myself an implementer. I consider myself a talker first. Right. I'm a, I'm a talker, and then I'm a thinker, and oh. then if I have to do stuff afterwards, then I'll run around after myself. So yeah. Yes. Kind of feeling yes. good right you're now. Loving, you're loving the conversations you're having. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. And they sound really replenishing as well. Sound like that you're getting mm. a lot from them. Oh, I like that. Yes, they are replenishing. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is a um, was a prospective client kind of putting together a program for early next year. And I, I just, you know, when sometimes you get the ideal client kind of getting in touch, you're just like, oh, yeah. love you. Yes, mm-hmm. let's do this. And it's just the excitement of like, what could we build together? Like, how could this look? And in well-being, like the sky's the limit with like how it can impact people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And well-being is your bag, isn't it? It's what you, it is. what you, what drives you, what fuels you. Yeah, everything that you do so so in terms of your own well-being you feel like you're okay at the minute you sound like you've got a lot of energy a lot of things to look forward to Mm. I think it's um it's come at the end of a very very varied week the beginning of the week I was very low energy because it's just where I was on my cycle (laughs) sorry Mm. if that's an overshare for anyone but (laughs) I do get that energy dip when I need to just kind of get stuff done and really focus and it's it's harder when it's certain points in your cycle so very low energy at the beginning of the week Mm. uh bad health dip at one point as well mm-hmm. physical health this is and then so to get that energetic lift at the end of the week that's just really pulling me through into the weekend now which is great yeah. but it's something that obviously I'm very very attentive of as a well-being facilitator I have to walk my walk and it kind of puts a double pressure on it of like oh well I need to need to check in with myself and look after myself otherwise what am I good for really yeah absolutely <laughs> and that, that's that's almost like you say you've got to walk the walk you've got to be showing up for yourself every day yeah and having that check-in and I think there's nothing wrong with saying you know I had no energy that day mm-hmm. and I just needed to to stop and and look after myself for a bit and just knowing that I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's the difference being a well well-being expert doesn't mean that you're well all the time no it means that you just recognize when you're like oh yeah I've not got it today Mm-hmm. and I just need to try and stop or try and get a bit of time off or um so yeah it's good. do you know what it would be like though if you said oh you're a well-being facilitator so I expect you to be well all the time that's like saying to a mountaineer mountaineer 
someone who climbs a mountain it's yeah. like saying oh well, I expect you to be at the summit every time I see you it's mm-hmm. like no there, there's a process to go through to Absolutely. get to the top of the mountain so yeah. it's you're not going to be at the top every day and you know if you're a surfer it doesn't mean you're never going to fall off your board and like oh my god you're a bad surfer because you fell off on a big wave it's like obviously you're going to fall off if there's a big wave and like yeah it's, it's just bizarre to me that I think well-being providers are the worst for it They're, they self-flagellate sometimes and just go oh my god I cannot believe I've had a mental health day it's like you are still a human aren't you like come on now yeah yeah and that's that's one of the hard things to remember though isn't it because people will come to you for your expertise and all of your knowledge and then there is there is almost like an unwritten expectation that you're gonna be on it all the time yeah so it's a just kind of blowing that myth out out of the water that yeah you know what everyone's human you can just have a have a bad day and need to look after yourself and absolutely and in every area of my business relationships and my life in general like those are the people I gravitate towards I gravitate Mm -hmm. to the ones who are real and say like there are some really funny therapists on Instagram who I just love and they're like today is shit this is what I'm going to do about it and they're so blatant in their kind of in the content they share or in their stories or anything like that like I really do not resonate with the accounts that are like here's my beautiful yoga session and now I'm going for a walk in nature like if that's fair enough if that's a portion of their day and they're sharing a portion of it but if they don't balance it with here's my child who's home from school and I'm tearing my hair out and everything's shit. Like I I can't relate if they don't show me both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless you're being real and that's the Mm. thing, isn't it? You've got to, yeah, you've got to be real about it. Absolutely. So so for you, when you're thinking about resilience, you know, what, what does it mean to you? What's your journey been like? Sort of take me, take me through it. I love the word resilience because we we were talking about words before we came on and like what the words mean to people and I think Mm. resilience is such an attractive word because it feels like strength it feels like fortitude like strength of character all those kind of juicy amazing things kind of come up but when you dig into it and what resilience actually means it's like oh it means you're having a hard time it means struggle it means pain it means (laughs) awkwardness and anguish and all sorts of different things to me Mm. so for me resilience is it's a really powerful word. I love it because it, in one word, you encapsulate almost all of human experience, really. You're looking at the best and the worst of the human experience in a way that other words fall short. I feel like we had this conversation at one of my meetups. We said, what does mental health mean compared to well-being? And mental health has a very derogatory negative connotation, mm-hmm. whereas well-being has a, a positive, but albeit fluffy connotation of like, mm-hmm. oh, yay, we're skipping through fields. But resilience is like, such a powerful word it means yeah. both of those things and yeah. um, it's something I think people on the face of it really want to cultivate but the only way you can really cultivate resilience is through your struggle and it's yeah. that process of climbing your mountain whatever your mountain might be that day it could be low self-esteem it could be imposter syndrome I'm just like picking on my own personal experience here it could be depression suicide ideation like uh-huh. there are so many ways we can increase our resilience but all of it involves work like self-work and difficult work yeah yeah and it, and I think you're right I think as a word it 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 really captures the 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 journey mm. because it, you can't be resilient without having the pain yeah. so it just squishes it all together which I yeah it's yeah, very active really isn't nice. it mm, yeah like you can't just passively develop re- resilience you can sometimes do it when you're sort of I guess you can grow it when you're doing other things and you don't realize that you're growing it mm-hmm but it's it's an active process like you only become resilient through being faced with challenges yes navigating through those and figuring out a way 
And some of the most resilient people you'll ever meet wouldn't necessarily class themselves as resilient, but you're like, but you went through this, 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 like how, how are you still standing? And they're like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they don't consciously know how they've done it, yeah. but yeah. they are resilient by mm. default because they've gone through that process. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I thought it was useful to have this as a, as a topic for a podcast, because, because of that reason that people mm. don't always get that chance to think about their journey mm. and think about how did I get from that to this and how am I still being resilient so yeah. I think for me resilience is is ever evolving mm. so we don't we don't suddenly get resilience and stay resilient yeah <laughs> it's like oh yes I now can wear my resilience badge yes and I shall, <laughs> it shall never be tested again it is about the it's about how it evolves and how it, you constantly have to adapt I think mm-hmm. so really talking about resilience now today here it will give us a snapshot of now mm-hmm. but I, I imagine if I asked you in a in a year's time you might have a very very different take on it depending on how it's been tested or not of course it's exactly the same as well-being in that sense it's like how mm. you, you know you asked me at the beginning how I am and like what's the state of my well-being is effectively what that question is like how yeah. is your well-being today it's the same with your resilience like my level of resilience as I see it today I could be like oh well I'm a 10 out of 10 resilient individual and then I'll go through a grief like my close family member will die or something and then Mm. I had to tap into a whole new level of resilience and like and then you suddenly realize like oh when I thought I was at level 100 I was actually at level 20 and I didn't realize how dark things would get I didn't realize how difficult things would be and how much I'd be challenged Mm. and your resilience will do you know what's really fascinating though is I think you've got an infinite capacity for resilience Mm -hmm. so I think there is no single situation that someone hasn't lived through like there are so many incredible people and you look at them and you go how how have they done that thing they've they've gone through the loss of a partner or they've gone through a personal health crisis or you know we all know those people who've had disaster after disaster after disaster and yet they keep going and it's like there is there seems to be no limit to the human mm. capacity for resilience in that yeah, sense it's amazing these role models. yeah yeah it's amazing so what do you think when you look back at your journey with resilient have you has it has it evolved has it have you had it tested in certain ways or yeah. you, you know don't only only share what you're happy to share but in terms of is it something that you've noticed it's it's evolving have you been conscious of it changing I think for me um the way that my resilience has been tested was not in like early childhood like some people you hear they've had a horrible trauma in their childhood and it kind of makes them resilient from a young age Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate that's not the case for me I think I'm a I'm a sort of I guess from a lower middle class background so I was always quite comfortable growing up I was always quite happy in school I'm you know I'm white, which has its advantages. And I'm, you know, I had a quite safe upbringing and all these kind of things were acting in my favor. So I don't feel like I really had my resilience tested until I was probably in my late teens. And that's mm-hmm. when my mental health started to take a bit of a downturn. Yeah. So my very brief origin story of how I got into like the wellbeing space is that in my late teens, going into my early twenties, I started experiencing depression and suicide ideation. So feelings of suicidality mm-hmm. and it was really through navigating that process in a very messy way initially (laughs) that kind of led to me developing an understanding of kind of how to take care of myself Mm. and it honestly it wasn't until I had I hit burnout and had a breakdown that I actually started actively working on it I sort of knew something was wrong and I knew I didn't feel great yeah but I didn't have the words to explain it to anybody and mental health was not really a big conversation at that at that time we're talking Mm -hmm. sort of 
how many years ago 10 15 years ago now like before social media was as it is now a kind of platform for sharing information and stuff it was very much here's my profile here's my life it wasn't the mental health conversation just wasn't what we know it to be now yeah and um and yeah so I really struggled so it was only through getting to that kind of rock bottomy dramatic point Mm. that I sort of learned okay what does it mean to really take care of myself what do I need to do here and what actions do I need to put in place yeah and that involved things like therapy involved uh things like there was a lot of just self-teaching and self-learning that I got from things like TED Talks TED Talks were a real turning point for me oh gosh there's some of them are brilliant aren't they still absolutely oh incredibly so and it was I hope there's a a trigger warning at the beginning of this, but extra trigger warning um, around suicidal thoughts, if not. Um, So I, some of my suicidal thoughts would be things like, I think the the worst it got for me was when I'd be driving in my car. And there were a couple of times when I just went in my car and just drove across the country. Like I didn't have, I'd either given up my job or I was between jobs or something, but I drove across the country, Mm -hmm. didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I was doing. I sort of left a note for my mom on the kitchen table, which I feel awful about now because it's just the worst thing to do to your parent um but I was driving my car and I, ju- I was just thinking about steering it off the road and I was genuinely thinking like should I do that is that the best option here mm. and um and I never went through with it because the the really thought that stopped me doing it was thinking about the emergency services and feeling bad for them having to like find me and deal with that situation I was like oh I can't do that to them on shift that's awful and that was the thing that stopped me doing it yeah but to have those kind of thoughts and I, I kept that completely quiet because I was so ashamed mm. and then watching TED talks and you'd hear oh I'm getting goosebumps um to hear people at the top of their field like amazing successful professional people saying the same kind of stories and and telling similar kind of insights and I was just like oh my god I'm not on my own yeah what what madness is this like what and to hear people speaking so openly about it I was like that is a turn turnaround point for me and that gave me the awareness of one I'm fundamentally not weird with this yeah and two there's so much you can do about it like for them to get on a big stage to say that comfortably in front of so many people Mm. and for them to now be at the top of their field after reaching such lows like my god there are things I can do about this so I went from a place of being completely helpless to being not overnight like oh my god I'm so empowered but it just gave me that awareness of like right there are things I can do here and I didn't have that before yeah and not feeling so alone in it mm-hmm. and um, you know and I think those 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 thoughts um I think we have to make them common common knowledge don't we we yeah. have to kind of destigmatize those those thoughts and say well yeah this 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 can be how you feel in that moment but mm-hmm. um it doesn't mean that you're going to make that that choice mm-hmm. in that moment so um yeah, and hearing hearing from others' experiences is often often just makes it less um, a less scary thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because it's almost like um, permission permission yeah. to accept parts of yourself. Or I, I don't really like using the word accept because it's almost like an admission of like guilt of like oh god I had this thing and I had this thought like it's completely okay. But that acknowledgement and that acceptance of that part of yourself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And not just noticing it, but to really notice it and accept it and to say, I accept that I had this thought. It doesn't mean anything bad about me. It doesn't mean I'm a horrible person. It doesn't mm. mean I've done anything wrong. It means I'm having a reaction to a situation. What does that mean? And like digging in and, and really getting curious about that. I think a lot of 
a lot of the work in the personal development or well-being space is rooted in curiosity and absolutely like desire to find out more about yourself and to kind of hack yourself if that makes sense yeah yeah and I think the moment we stop doing that um we stop being curious about what why why we're drawn to certain things what what motivates us mm. how how we're feeling that day the moment we cut that bit off from ourselves you know we, we lose so much we need mm-hmm. we are we are human we've we were reflecting on this before before we started speaking on on this podcast about just being human just being mm-hmm. normal you know we are we are allowed to have a variety of thoughts throughout the day and yes it's okay it's all right to have all those different thoughts and I think it becomes particularly confusing when you when people don't accept that or when we shut that part of us off because like mm. I can have 12 different feelings at the same time and it's fucking weird and yeah. I'm like I don't know which way I'm facing right now so you know the the question the answer I gave your question at the beginning might have seemed long-winded to some people but I could have gone on I could have like made that a whole podcast of like how am I feeling because at once I feel this but at once yeah. I feel this <laughs> but that's that's the dynamism and the kind of cool thing about being human is that we have this level of consciousness it's fucking irritating sometimes because you can just overthink honestly I do my own (laughs) head in with it (laughs) I really do and I think you're right about that that opening question about how are how are you and meaning it as a no no actually how are you doing and it's oh we all we're so conditioned to say yeah I'm fine thanks how are you and and I'm like there that's not the question I'm asking yeah (laughs) but actually asking how you doing it's like when you ask someone how they are you're almost asking who they are in that moment like what's coming up for you like what feels real to you right now you're you're asking like who are you in this moment like how do how do you identify with yourself but yeah it's a it's a bit much for when you're just having a quick call with someone isn't it (laughs) how are you doing like yeah I'm confused about my state in the world and like where am I yeah I just just for the record I don't I don't ask that in that way all the time (laughs) (laughs) for a very long phone call isn't it imagine imagine (laughs) like just going to the co-op for some milk oh how are you doing no really how you doing yeah (laughs) really how long is your shift how long have we got (laughs) (laughs) let me get a chair um so, so your journey with resilience hasn't, like, like you were saying, it hasn't come from a place of um, early trauma, but it's certainly come from a place of, of mental health issues. Hmm, yeah. And you've developed your resiliency through um, seeking help, through knowledge, through understanding that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And is that something you still do? Do you still, because um, you, you really strike me as someone who's constantly curious about um, the world of well-being. So is mm-hmm. that something you still um, seek out you're constantly uh, getting get more information and knowledge how how's it sit with you now oh thanks for that I, I consider that a big compliment to to that my curiosity kind of comes through because I do mm, think that's um absolutely. I think it is fundamental to any field that you're in like you, you called me an expert earlier and I definitely wouldn't consider myself an expert I, I consider myself like a beginner even though I've been doing you know this work officially in my role for a few years but then before that I've got all the kind of pre-work and the you know the figuring out of things going up to that so it's probably like 10 years in and it's like I'm still a a beginner Mm. and I think you have to have that whatever field of work that you're in but particularly when it comes to your own well-being and it's it's fascinating for me because obviously I've gone through the kind of personal development journey and the resilience journey and everything myself um so I'm quite au fait with my own relationship with it but to see people kind of having that realization for the first time of like oh I can look after myself or oh I could reflect on my life and think about things I want to change or 
or even just acknowledging like things are not where they want to be but it's not my fault it, it, I'm a product mm-hmm. of my environment and like my work is very restrictive and no wonder I'm feeling the shit I'm feeling and like taking away that self flagellation and that self-judgment and being able to see things in context like when I see people have that for the first time that is amazing to me that's like wow that's a real life skill that they're cultivating now yeah that level of self-awareness and it is I mean there's no way I can't be interested in well-being because for me it's like the exploration of what it means to be human like it really is as as big as that for Mm. me and I don't I don't want to sound grandiose about that and some people will just like roll their eyes at it perhaps but oh let them them uh, yeah but it's the same as like any part of psychology like I've always been interested in psychology I've always loved sociology it's only because it was very it seemed very regimented in terms of academia that I didn't go down that route but I really love humanity and like exploring all the different facets of humanity so yeah yeah endless endless fascination endless wonders we found so you keep going back to that place of learning Mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to be I mean gosh if we're not all always learning if we think we know we know it all then that's not I always think that's a bit of a dodgy place isn't it once we're like (laughs) oh yeah I know it all I know yeah if you've learned everything I don't think you're paying attention it's like really you know everything to be known in the (laughs) scope of human existence around this one topic I I doubt it I like things though how have you been able to um to work out what what works for you how have you stumbled across that (laughs) trial and error (laughs) all the way like for me I I always advise people with this with their well-being suck it and see try something try it again get really curious about it and you you can view it as an experiment if you like just go oh I'm going to try this I'm going to like it has to start with curiosity of like I'd like to see how I could improve my sleep for instance I just did a podcast on this so it's like top of my head but for me I I've always been quite a good sleeper but then I realized certain things would affect my sleep and I'd feel it really overnight I'd feel it immediately because I'd be like right I normally sleep through the night why am I waking up at three in the morning Mm. but rather than being like oh my god no now I've got insomnia I was like why am I getting up at three in the morning what does this mean what kind of things can I do and there's so many different ways to explore what works for you like talking to your friends and finding out what works for them great Mm. first point of call having and this is why I enjoy the work I do because when you sit in a room with people and you say how do you look after yourself what kind of things do you do you get a hundred different answers from everybody And someone will go, well, that sounds really good. I like the idea of that. And another person will say, I hate meditation. Like it really stresses me out. But another person will say, that's the most relaxing thing in the world. So having conversations with people is a really great way of finding out Mm. what could work for you. But the only way you're going to do it is like any skill is through doing it and kind of reflecting on it afterwards and saying like, oh, that was really therapeutic. Like for me, I journal, like journaling is my, if you can see like all of these books, these are from the past three years that I've been in Manchester mm-hmm. and actually there are two sat next to me because I'm using one to kind of reflect and I'm writing in the other one yeah. um but I've been journaling pretty chronically since I was about 17 so I've got a couple of like suitcases wow. next to my bed that are full of journals yeah and so do you me, have a particular topic that you journal on or is it is it just a stream of consciousness for that moment I have a few different things that I like to do so stream of consciousness thinking um writing sorry I, I like to do that quite early in the morning so like one of the first things I do is not every morning I'm really not regimented I'm not but (laughs) I try to (laughs) yeah in the morning I try to journal and just empty my brain basically just Mm -hmm. free flow um this is called morning pages for some people they consider it morning pages so the idea is that as you're kind of going from that subconscious state to your conscious state you get some really interesting creative weird thoughts that come out and you, you don't ever have to read your journal back it's just to get things off your mind and make them exist in space which 
can be scary or exciting depending on your point of view um so that's one way I do it I do a similar thing before bed a lot of the time so I call that a brain dump so it's like whatever's whirling around in there get it get it off my plate um it's effectively like shutting down your computer tabs before you shut it down like you can turn your brain off let it rest yeah yeah um I sometimes do I do daily reflections and weekly reflections so the end of the day I'll just write a sentence about like what I did what kind of progress I've made in any area of my life uh maybe like a funny story that happened that's like my daily reflection so I can look back over the month and be like what a lovely month I had or what a shitty month I've had (laughs) (laughs) whatever um and then at the end of the month I have uh, sorry at the end of the week I have a bit more of a structured review that I do so I split my life into different areas give it a score because I'm like so organized no I love that that's good (laughs) but I think that's a good way for me that's that's been really good for my mental health is just being able to I actually have like a little graph at the back of my book so I can kind of track my mood so it's mm. like that was an 80% week that was a 25% week shit yeah. what happened and just being able to doing that sort of thing is so useful isn't it yeah massively because often when 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 we're asked the how are you question in a meaningful way we kind of go oh, I, don't, I don't know how I kind of now but how was I two weeks ago yeah I don't know so <laughs> you don't always get a really accurate picture of how your well-being is and yeah you're tracking it and that's something mm-hmm. I really encourage people to do about mm-hmm. you know keep just even if you just put it in your phone like a mark out of 10 for that yeah. day yeah um you'll get you'll get an idea of maybe what days of the week are trickier or mm. um or if you do it three times a day what time of day is is more challenging or what what point do you feel more relaxed in your day and and it's just um it sounds like I'm a real data geek and and that, I suppose in some way I am. Yeah. But I just love that idea of being able to to see where you are with things. Absolutely. So that must be really useful for you. Have you been doing that all or since or is this a journaling um technique that you've developed over over the years? It's kind of been informed by a lot of the, you know, TED talks and, and getting into personal development and stuff. It's definitely been impacted by that because you whenever you read a book about personal development they always talk about journaling it seems like it it must be frustrating for people that hate writing it really must be but that ability to self-reflect and just to get things down Mm. you can do it in different ways like I I say to people you can voice record if that works better for you just like get it out of your head or go some people do it in a very physical way like they'll go for a run and they'll process things and think about things as they're running and that feels like that's got it out of their system I think you need Mm. to you need to kind of transform that cerebral energy into some other type of energy yeah. so I'd even say about like, like drawing to, yeah you know, absolutely Arts, or... yeah anything artistic or um or animated in some kind of way like get it into the real world and out of your head because that's yeah. the only way you can start to make sense of it it doesn't matter what that looks like like for me that looks like journaling for the next person it'll look like running mm-hmm. for, for another person it will look like pr- playing a professional sport perhaps yeah but you have to transform it into something else. Otherwise that energy can kind of stagnate and it can, it does all sorts of loopy things. If you just leave it in your head, it really yeah. does. Just get stuck, doesn't it? Yeah. And then not be very helpful. Or worse than stuck, it like spirals downwards. Like it always seems yeah. to like ideas just have a weird, I have a, I need to get these thoughts done on paper one time of like my thoughts around thoughts, which sounds mm-hmm. a bit weird, but the way I described it to someone recently is it's like a candy floss machine. So if you leave yeah. it in your head, they whirl around and they seem innocuous at the beginning. So it's like, oh, it's just a bit of candy floss. It's fine. But then as it goes around, it gathers more momentum. But then as soon as you take it out. That's such a good image. That's, that's such a good image. That's how I kind of think about it now. But as soon as you take it out, like all you needed to do was dunk it in some water and it disappears. And you're like, oh, what was I worried about? And in the metaphor, the water is like 
putting something down on paper or sometimes like you know you have a conversation with someone and you go I'm having this thought I can't get it out of my head and they go oh well blah 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 and they'll say one thing and you're like problem solved yeah I feel and that's the the dunking in the water of like yeah. oh my god that's so obvious or sometimes that's... it's just you're thinking about things late at night and and the candy floss machine's going yeah but you wake up in the morning and it's like that glass of water's been dunked over it and you're like it's not a big deal what was I worried mm. about but because it was swirling in your head it's yeah. become so big for you journaling is the dunking in the water absolutely yeah. yeah and it doesn't always necessarily solve the problem maybe no. it, it dumps some of the candy floss and like some of it dissolves away mm. and some of it remains but I know consciously like it, there is a very visceral sense of offloading something yes yeah I love that I love that how passionate you are about journaling I love it it's just I'm an obsessive writer anyway I think it's just you know some kids are just writers like I was published when I was like 11 it was ridiculous <laughs> child prodigy here <laughs> yeah that's really good and, and are there any other things that you do that you know what works for you is that or is that the main one that's a big one for me like I if I don't journal because I even track like when I've journaled and if I've gone like three or four days I'm like oh no wonder I feel fucking messed up because I haven't yeah, proactively done it it is a huge like my boyfriend always knows when I haven't journaled he's like you need to go and sit down and write something and he doesn't yeah. he doesn't understand the ins and outs of why it works but he doesn't need to he said I don't need to understand how a paracetamol works I just know it works yes so, yeah I do um, for me, getting outside is a huge one. Like all of mine are quite mainstream. I feel like everyone tells you to get outside, but for me, like being near water, particularly or being in the woods down the road from my house, like if I don't go to the woods for a few days, I feel really claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, creating space and quiet in my day is also really important because mm-hmm. I I consider myself an, an ambivert, so I go between extreme extroversion and extreme introversion. Yeah. And if I've filled my days like today is a bit of a worry day because I've had so many phone calls so I need to make sure I have some quiet time over the weekend because if I don't have an opportunity to just be completely quiet Mm -hmm. it it makes me again claustrophobia is the word I would use I feel like my thoughts are too cluttered I feel like there's too much noise I can't process things yeah I feel overwhelmed so for me and I think that's something a lot of people don't appreciate is the need for quiet because we live in such a noisy world oh don't we don't Mm -hmm. we and I do I'm with you with that I'd love having that, that, that almost no sound around me yeah. bit, or just, just be having that peacefulness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, really understand that. So you've really been able to, to hone the, the, I don't know if techniques is the right word. Cause they don't, they don't sound like it's a, it's a technique. It sounds like it's just you. Yeah. So you've really I, been I able to hone what you need. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're, um, your daily routine like some people call it a daily routine or just Mm. just your approach to life and just what do you like to do like what makes you feel good yeah and and why like one of the things I do with my clients is I talk about fun like what does fun mean to you and the immediate thing people will do is like oh well you know like going out with my friends and hanging out with my family and I was like who in your family who specifically are we talking about Mm. what in what capacity do you like to hang out with them are we talking about a family dinner once a week are we talking about daily phone calls like yeah what does fun mean to you what does your social life mean to you like can we really dig into what these things mean to you because your version of fun is going to be different from my version of fun yeah and if I try and do your version of fun I'm going to have a horrible time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's about getting that detail isn't it and that's that I think is the difference when people go oh I you know I I like to go for a walk well what where what yeah. is it about that how long is it yeah. for who are you with are yeah you, are you listening to me you're not it's really really honing that detail and if you can get get into that detail of the 
the thing you do to help replenish and um, revitalize your mm. resilience levels, then that is that is what's going to help it stick and help it work. It's when you know what the detail is. So, and you re- clearly know what <laughs> know what your detail is. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's it, that's such a good point about the detail because I think sometimes, say, if you're reading a self help book, obviously they're talking to quite a broad spectrum mm. of people, so they have to be quite general because well being is a huge topic. Yeah. So they're going to say things like go for a walk in nature and then you're like oh I hate you're like one person could be picturing a hike and like oh I have to put oh, fuel in the car and like that's too far away I don't live near yeah. any green space and stuff like that another person will read that as oh I can go out for 10 minutes before my next phone call great yes. like people perceive things in different ways so unless we're getting really specific in like mm-hmm. our own journey and our own kind of exploration of what what we enjoy we're not going to know like if people say oh go and exercise you could do some cardio like cardio for one person means rock climbing cardio for another person means running on a treadmill like yeah. we need to think about our well-being in such in such terms and like what works for you one day will not work another day like I could go on a hike this afternoon absolutely love it and oh my god I love how the lighting looks in the middle of the day because it's mm. quiet because no one around I could go to the exact same spot go for the exact same walk at the weekend and think I hate this it's too busy there are people everywhere I hate <laughs> yeah. it and it's it's you know we can be that specific about things I think like you have to be yeah absolutely yeah, I never really thought about it as being quite detailed before but I guess just because I've been doing this consciously for so long mm. it's yeah it, it has got more and more detailed as time has yeah. gone and it, and it probably probably for you it feels um it's just what you do and you yeah. do it in that level of detail but I think for for others who who would um journaling broad mm-hmm. um you know it's, it's what what exactly what that does and you've been able to capture that really well I love that but yeah I mean I'm, I, I, I love journaling in fact here's mine mine's mine's a pink book at the moment it's beautiful lovely see that's interesting so you've gone for a5 see I'm an a4 girl now but I didn't oh, used to be an a4 girl yeah I have <laughs> looking at how much I'm writing at the minute I feel like maybe I need to go a4 so mm-hmm. that might be my next one but mm-hmm. I do like to finish a whole book so oh it's not a problem for me I get through them so quickly now like I need a four for it to be worth the money yeah (laughs) so in terms of your overall resilience levels how do you get um well I suppose who who holds you accountable for all of this is it is it a you thing is it someone um who's an external person who will notice things how do you that's a really good question I love that question I think by the nature of what I do it's changed so it used to be just Mm-hmm. I would do this stuff for myself because it was a necessity like I had to look after myself and figure it out because yeah I didn't feel like I could talk to my parents initially like that's changed over time but initially I felt like I couldn't tell anyone so I felt like I was handling it on my own and then it was working with professionals and trying to get help there and that was kind of the next level and then um over time I've become really proficient in talking to just anyone in my life about it and just you know making it a conversation starter at a networking event and stuff so they're not necessarily my accountability bodies as such but um yeah I've just gotten more au fait with talking to all sorts of different people about this so my accountability people now I've got a lot to be honest because I'm first and foremost accountable to myself and I have to be able to check in and be like dude this isn't going well like what we're gonna do um so I'm my first point of call um my partner is very good very emotionally intelligent very um very much a caregiver as well so he will pick up on like you don't see me yourself today what's going on like how can how can I help how can you help yourself like that is a conversation that we have um and also because of the nature of what I do I have a lot of people in the small business community who will be like hey it doesn't seem like you're taking your own advice and they will call me on it (laughs) 
I get called on it all the time, to, sometimes to an annoying extent. I'm like, can you fuck off? I'm having a bad day. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me a chance. Like, I know I need to look after myself. It's annoying. Yeah. But when but, they said so they hold the mirror up and absolutely. go, hello. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And like, especially the wellbeing crowd, they'll be like, mm, have you done your steps today? Have you done the things that, you know, make yeah. you feel good? Um, but even just, you know, because I'm one of those people, like I will offer advice and stuff if, if it's welcome. And if someone says, oh, you know, I'm struggling with boundaries at the moment, I could give them some advice around boundaries. So yeah, people are really quick to to correct me if I'm if I'm doing things wrong or if I'm just neglecting myself, anything like that. Like, yeah, I, I really love that about people. I love that I have that um, level of rapport and trust with people that they feel comfortable to give me that feedback. And I really yeah. appreciate it because so, you do need that outside perspective sometimes to Definitely. help you. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need some someone who's got eyes on you to go mm-hmm. mm, are you sure about this thing? Oh, okay yeah and sometimes we can't see it that's the thing absolutely you know, like yeah. when we're saying about we're all human we don't always even if you're someone who's really self-aware mm-hmm. we, we don't always see what someone else is seeing mm-hmm. um, and no matter how many journals I, <laughs> I may write myself but I still might not see what what someone close to me is going. Yeah, you're not okay. You need to you need to stop for a bit or uh, and, off, and often it is the most self-aware people that need that outside perspective because mm. we all know for ourselves. Like I I get really avoidant sometimes if I'm having a hard time. So for instance, my journaling normally falls off a cliff if I'm going through a hard time because I don't want to reflect on my day because it's been mm. a shit day and I feel bad because I haven't done these things and I don't want to admit that I've not done the things. Yeah. So I will avoid journaling for like four days. So then it takes my partner saying. I think you need to sit down and journal and have that kind of awkward conversation with yourself. Mm. It takes that for me to get back into the routine. And I always know it's going to help when I, I do it. Yes. But it's that, um, yeah, you just need to have people around you. We, we can't trust ourselves and support ourselves all of the time because other, otherwise we just exist in silos. Like it's, again, part of the human condition. Like we we need yeah. other people. We can't yeah. do it all on our own. Yeah, yeah. So if you had to kind of capture five if you have five <laughs> you'll say five um, maybe three and a half five, three and a half tips mm-hmm. that you would want to to share with others um so that they may become inspired to try some of them and, and give it a go what what would your tips be for mm. for in a way that you can help embed resilience practice in in your life I want to kind of underline a couple of the things that we've spoken about because I think they are important and the the first one that I really want people to hear loud and clear is to get curious and getting curious about yourself and rather than judging yourself for uh, for seeing a particular thing so say if you if you notice imposter syndrome creeping in and you're having negative thoughts about yourself and you're going oh I who am I to be talking about this topic I'm so unqualified for this conversation whatever it may be that the imposter syndrome thought instead of yeah. judging yourself for that and going oh god I shouldn't be feeling like that just go oh that's a really interesting thought I wonder why I'm feeling like that like yeah. what could I learn from this what's it trying to tell me like there's so many like, in-depth questions you can be asking mm. and I know, other than that judging yeah like, yeah and judgment seems to be a default for a lot of people I think mm. it's just you know a result of society saying be better all the time like be better be better do this so we kind of fall back on judgment and criticism and all those kind of things um but these things are interesting like I think a lot of people avoid the darker side of human nature because it's scary and it's it just feels uncomfortable and stuff but I I really think all of our emotions have a purpose mm-hmm. and they're not always bad I don't really label things as good bad although obviously a lot of them are 
darker and more difficult to deal with like grief is and heartbreak are the worst in my opinion mm -hmm. but they're heavy emotions they feel really heavy but there's so much to be learned from them as well there's so much we can glean yes if we're willing to kind of take that curious approach and I call it curious rather than um rather than anything else so I think curiosity has a sense of wonder to it and it, it feels a bit intriguing it feels a bit like oh yeah what and, could and happen when, yeah and when you're curious about something you come at it from a, a place of non-judgment mm. um, and discovery yeah. so being being curious is yeah I, I love that word it's a word that mm. I, I use a lot yeah, oh, yeah it opens that. you up it feels expansive rather than restrictive it's not mm -hmm. like if you were investigating I think it's like there's one pure answer and it's like we're going to find this the solution to this thing <laughs> yeah. we're going to crack it infinitely but I think you need to have that kind of expansive approach to yourself because there's mm -hmm. so many different ways you can grow and develop and the way that you deal with grief on one day is going to be different from another day so yeah. curiosity is a, is a key approach I think love that so get curious people um, <laughs> <laughs> I think prioritizing fun is quite a big one yeah um which I just like when we went through the intro and you were like have five tips I was like shit what do I say um <laughs> but I really think so many of us will have a better time if we if we have more fun and yes. it's I and think about it out what that fun thing is yeah and, and realizing that like you were saying earlier you, what some person's idea of fun isn't going to be your idea of fun and that's absolutely okay yeah again non-judgment and going do you know what? Usually I'd be really up for a night out and seeing my friends, but tonight the most fun thing I can think of is sitting indoors, getting into my pajamas, reading a book, mm -hmm. watching something terrible on Netflix. Like that is the most fun I can have right now. Like yeah. that. And just lean into that and go, that's what I need. That's hundred percent what I need. And that would be the most fun. Yeah. So yeah. And prioritizing fun, making time in your diary for fun things. Because how many of us have a to-do list and it's like, boring thing boring thing boring thing necessary thing hate that bed and it's like <laughs> do you know I was thinking chuckling something on my to-do list and I'm not sure there's any fun on it it's so. literally nothing fun is it because we oh, don't I'm really gonna have to press <laughs> and it, oh I've got nothing there it doesn't have to be that structured but I just think isn't it funny that we write a list of things to do in our day and at no point do we say have a laugh like go and play with my dog talk to a child about something interesting like those things just fall by the wayside sometimes if we're not focusing on them because we can get yeah. so bogged down in the day-to-day -day, like the necessary things but fun is necessary of like course. it's so fundamental yeah. fun is yeah. fundamental oh. <laughs> can't oh, spell fundamental that. without fun <laughs> <laughs> I love that but I'm literally gonna address my to-do list and, just and even just sure I should put fun at the top yeah definitely like come from that so that's something that um comes out in like client sessions very often of like right what are you gonna do next week right I'm gonna do this thing this serious thing this very grown-up thing blah, blah 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 and I'm like so when are you gonna relax and they're like mm. oh well when I get to the end of the to-do list I'll reward myself with a fun oh, thing so some people use it as that? like a beacon yeah you use it as like a reward system and it's like no 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 how about have fun first and mm -hmm. then the relaxation the creativity the replenishment you feel off the back of that yeah. that will help you through your to-do list like put that further forward yeah and that's your incentive that's your motivation right there yeah it's kind of like saying don't you don't need to do all the jobs to earn your fun yeah absolutely and it's like it's like you're withholding love from yourself isn't it mm -hmm. it's like saying to your partner like 
I will only see you and I will only give you a hug when you've done the washing up. Like how <laughs> fucking, that would just feel so twisted if you were in that kind of relationship. Like oh. I will only give you affection when you've met these criteria. Like, no, you have to, absolutely. you have to support yourself and, and say, do you know what? I'm worthy of having a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a good time. And good things happen when you have a good time. Like when you're in that, when you're in that kind of state of like, I feel yeah. so good. I feel great things happen easier it's easier to write all the emails that you're now struggling absolutely. with absolutely I completely agree so when how many people did the podcast they've like got <laughs> like I'm gonna go running <laughs> through fields yes let's do it <laughs> um so that was number two and number is this number three or th- number three yeah. yeah so number three I would say uh practice in in the similar kind of way of like get curious about yourself like I said before you need to put these things into practice and just just tweak it as well I'm such a fan of the imperfectionist approach to things of like let me just try it and from curiosity let me just see what happens and then assess it afterwards so act on the thing um and put it into practice and make any kind of necessary tweaks along the way just go okay Mm -hmm. well I tried paddle boarding it was amazing so I'm definitely going to go again um but then marathon running was just not for me I tried it didn't like it yeah yeah so putting the things into practice and also in, mm-hmm. uh, in that is that kind of consistency yeah. about doing it. Um, oh, yeah. Reminds of your journaling that is this is really consistent that you yeah. thing that you do. And I think that the things that you most enjoy and that come naturally to you will be the things that you get consistent with. So Definitely. I, I think it's important to be aware of the things that are working for you. If something doesn't mm. feel like it's having a positive benefit for you, don't force yourself to be consistent with it because you'll consistently hate it probably so <laughs> yeah, that's the only um, thing that will be consistent yeah you can <laughs> feel consistently shit <laughs> uh, but that you know unless there's a real reason for it if you're taking a certain medication for a certain condition you probably need to do that sure. but you know use your common sense here yeah Just be yeah bring bring the practice bring the and bring the awareness that the practice is not always going to be enjoyable. It's not always mm-hmm. going to be easy. Like my journaling, sometimes it's like I'm there crying, just like, why am I having these thoughts? But mm-hmm. I feel better for doing it than if I didn't do it. So uh-huh. if you if you truly enjoy an activity, you'll do it more often. Yeah. But at the same time, don't expect it to be fully enjoyable all of the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And you've had a point five. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many points I've got. <laughs> <laughs> but the last point that I wrote down that I'd really like to share is acting on awkwardness so this is a little tip that I've been showing quite a lot lately and it's that if you feel like something is awkward if you feel Mm. that kind of gut reaction to something of like oh I don't know if I should say that it's normally a bit of a nudge that you need to say something Mm. because it's so much better to act on if you think about say you're having a bit of a tiff with your partner and you think oh I don't really like the way they're doing that but I feel a bit weird about saying it so I'll let it go awkwardness so quickly turns into other things like it turns into frustration anger resentment yeah and then you'll suddenly explode one day and it's like if you'd have acted on the awkward stage mm-hmm. you would have avoided that escalation again it's like the candy floss machine of like oh it starts with a stick and then it turns into other things like use the stick when the stick yes. is there <laughs> like throw <Yeah>. the stick <laughs> yeah and, um, I really like that I really like that in terms of um uh what happens is if you don't act on that awkwardness you're the one that ends up holding it yeah totally um, and that's why it, it becomes this massive ball of candy floss that yeah you need to but people have people avoid it because they feel uncomfortable and like ultimately most of us are trying to avoid pain so we think yeah. oh that's an awkward conversation I don't want to have it no nope, hide mm-hmm. it and we and then the immediate uplift of like ah oh, I don't have that conversation feels good so we're like I've done the right thing but like I was saying before about not everything's going to be fun all of the time 
yeah yes it's an awkward conversation but it's like ripping off a plaster like it probably will solve the situation if you do it Mm -hmm. and yes it might feel awkward and horrible in that moment and uncomfortable but that discomfort is so much better and leads to better communication better relationships you know everything in your business is you know if you act on an awkward impulse to sell something to somebody you might get a sale whereas if you went oh I feel awkward about asking I'm not going to do it Mm. you're not going to get anywhere so a tip that I've been given to people recently is try and have aim, like actively aim to have one awkward conversation a day. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Because then it kind of gamifies it as well. So you're actively looking for ways of, to like improve your relationships and stuff by being like, right, if I can challenge myself to have this yeah. awkward conversation, I don't know what, exactly what's going to come out of it, but I, I guarantee it will be better than not having an awkward conversation, mm. depending on your <laughs> how you go into it. Like, I'm going to criticize you for everything you've ever done. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not about just looking for criticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Those tips are really good. They're really, really good. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Because you were coming into this going, I haven't, I've not sorted anything. No, no, I was no, worried. <laughs> I knew it would flow. And actually, you know, I could. I could literally talk to you for so, so much longer. And yet we don't have so much longer. We, but we it's, been, <laughs> it's been an, it's been a joy. What an absolute pleasure to be able to, to share the space and listen to your, uh, your take on things. I've, you know, I've personally taken quite a lot from this. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I do some journaling today because I missed my slot for journaling this morning oh it's the worst Um, isn't it so I am going to make sure I complete that today but it's been so brilliant having this space with you Alice I can't tell you I'm really grateful thank you so much thank you for inviting me as well I think it's oh you're welcome like I said before it's such an amazing topic that you've chosen to speak about and I think you're gonna you're gonna have some amazing content and some incredible conversations well I hope so and I you know and ultimately I hope it's useful and that's the thing I hope if one person listens to it to it and goes you know what I'm going to give that a go or have a think about that then then yeah that's so that's worth it so absolutely um, thanks again and I'm just gonna turn this off and we'll have a have a chat debrief (laughs) debrief (laughs) debrief with cocktails so what can I say about Alice uh what a joy and I know yes I know I say it all the time it's a real joy to have that guest on but you know I really see this whole podcast as um, her self-indulgent really for me because I get to meet and discuss all things resilience with these wonderful guests and Alice um, was was a cracking guest I'm, I'm so delighted she was able to to do the podcast and all of the links as to where to find Alice are in the episode blurb so do check her out and do get in contact with her if you think that she can help you and for now that's it Um, I will see you next time and hope you enjoy my next guest and then that will be wrapping it up for 2021 I am planning to do an episode where someone interviews me about my resiliency next year. So look out for that one. Uh, That'll be interesting, hopefully. But in the meantime, stay safe, keep well, keep looking after yourselves. And until next time.